Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We got guys winning awards. We got new stadiums possibly being built. There's a hell of a lot going on, and you can listen to it all. During its always game day in Cleveland, the Browns have swept the NFL honors, Stefanski, Garrett, Flacco, Schwartz are all taking home the hardware. Daryl Ryder and Andy Bass can talk about it all during their podcast, and you know its name. It's always game day in Cleveland. Subscribe now at 923thefan.com or on the absolutely positively free Odyssey app. Let's go to the hotline. Brought to you by Shabin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. It's the dangerous one, Daryl Ryder, who joins us this morning. Hello, Daryl. Good morning, guys. Daryl, dealer's choice. Do you want to talk about the stadium stuff first, or do you want to talk about the awards first? I'd say the awards. That was a hell of a night for the Cleveland Browns. Good for them. Which one was most surprising? Um, I- I'm going to say Schwartz winning assistant uh, coach wow. of the year. Mm, yeah. Over Flacco? Yeah, um, I because, look, I vote for uh, the pro football writers, and I voted for Flacco over DeMar Hamlin. Um, simply because Joe had a bigger impact on the field than DeMar Hamlin did for as great and moving of a story that was him coming back from that cardiac arrest to make the Bills roster be a special teamer for that uh, team. Um, I I just felt that Flacco's story was so fun and compelling, and it's one that we're going to – tell our grandkids about um so i you know i I voted for him and i obviously looking at some of the reaction from last night Hmm. not a lot of people are happy that happened but uh you know uh, my gut told me that damar was going to be the sentimental uh favorite winner and um you know but um yeah he got more first place votes award winners he got damar actually got more first place votes which i thought was interesting too yeah the uh, well, I mean, Stefanski winning coach of the year was not a surprise to me. Uh, what was a surprise is how close that was. Yeah. He won, you know, they tied points wise, 165, but he had one more uh, first place vote than Ryan's did. And look, what Ryan's did in, in Houston was fantastic. Them uh, rallying to win their division, but it, nobody dealt with what Kevin Stefanski had to deal with this past season. Like, it's not even close. 15 season-ending injuries. Uh, you know, four different starting quarterbacks due to injury. I know they put five on the field, but the last one, that you know, that was an organizational uh, decision there uh, in in uh, the final week of the season. But, um, and to have four different quarterbacks win football games they the only team to beat the number one seeds in both conferences um uh to to make the playoffs so uh and these are regular season awards obviously if you factored in the postseason then I would flip my vote and I would give it to Ryan's because of the 
the wild card results, but it is a regular season award, and, and Kevin Stefanski really deserved to win it. I, w- I was surprised uh, that each of them won in my own little way. Uh, I thought it was bizarre. I saw the uh, – the, it's amazing. Jo- they show Joe Flacco. He walks up to the podium, and as he's walking over the podium, they show Baker Mayfield, and then they're yeah. showing behind Joe Flacco the highlights of Joe Flacco's play with the Browns. They go, this is a really a bizarre situation going on here, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I hope we're all paying attention to everything going on around us for a moment. Uh, with Miles Garrett, though, winning Defensive Player of the Year, your thoughts on T.J. Watt holding his own pity party on social media? You know what? Um, first of all, you already won it. Okay, so stop crying. Um, you know, I I was amused by uh, some of the reaction, but I just, yeah, I. That's a typical whiny stealer. What do you want? <laughs> Daryl, tough talking. <laughs> Daryl has walked on into the room here. Go ahead, Spencer German, in for Anthony Lyme. Daryl, how much do you think these awards from last night, and to, especially to sweep them the way they did and bring them all four that they were that they had nominees for, just what does it truly mean to the organization? Because we know they're going to downplay that type of stuff, the individual accolades. Kevin Stefanski did that in the little video he put out. But yeah. given where this franchise used to be, last night has to speak to something, no? Yeah, it speaks to the respect that the Browns uh, have earned nationwide because these – Awards. They're the official league-recognized awards voted on by uh, media members uh, for the Associated Press nationwide. So, you know, this isn't a situation where, you know, everyone in Cleveland voted for the Browns. Like, this was this is nationwide. And so I, I think it speaks to the level of respect that the organization uh, and, and players have garnered. Look, Miles Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year, and he didn't finish in the top five in sacks. That's almost unheard of uh, for that particular award, similar to the MVP, right? The MVP now is basically the best quarterback on the best team. That, that's what that award now has become. And, and it, look, Lamar Jackson, abs- he got my vote for the Pro Football Writers. I voted for Lamar. Absolutely deserving. But I, but that's what that award is is now, right? Um so uh, that speaks to just how great of a player uh, not only Miles Garrett is, but how he is perceived nationwide that he can not finish in the top five in sacks and yet take home uh, that particular award. Uh, so um, that's what I think it says that the you know the, the the clown show that the Browns used to be before the arrival of Kevin Stefanski and uh, Andrew Barry is starting to become a distant memory nationwide, which is a good thing. That's wonderful. Daryl Ryder joining us here. Hey, real quick, when it comes to Joe Flacco, like I'm filling out the Browns offseason record, and so far I got five events. I have Bill Callahan leaves to coach with his son, which is a loss. Yes. And then I had Miles Garrett, Kevin Stefanski, Jim Schwartz, win, 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 on their wins uh, for the awards. But I got Joe Flacco wins comeback player of the year. Should I put that as a win, or should I put that as a loss, or should I keep it off because – Joe Flacco probably ain't going to be here next year. I was going to say, why Why is that even a question for you? Absolutely, that's a win. Okay, I'm just making sure, damn it. <laughs> I mean, it's not It's not just my – I'm not the official officiant of this. Yeah, I mean, you anybody are. can. Yeah, but anybody can give me their opinion on it, and it'll be weighed in heavy. I decided to put it as a win. Why that not? absolutely should be a win. There yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, there we I go. I mean, the, look, when's the last time the Browns got positive recognition? Think about that. Like, at least it, on, on this scale – I can't That's remember. Yeah. I, I really can't. Um, 
It, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that people recognized what they were able to accomplish, uh, the wild card result notwithstanding. But you know what they were able to accomplish in the regular season, all the adversity that they faced to still accomplish that. Uh, that that was a special season, uh, and and you know we all get wrapped up in the final end result and championship or bust type of uh, uh, mentality. Uh, you know those seasons in the late '80s were were a lot of fun for Browns fans. But what do people remember? The drive, the fumble, losing to John Elway three straight times in, in the AFC championship game, right? That, that's what those teams are remembered for. And those were some great, fun, entertaining Brown seasons. So I really hope that Browns fan will remember this season for how fun, entertaining, and special it was and not the fact that they lost in the wild card round. Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, joining us on the show. Daryl, shifting gears to the stadium conversation after everything that unfolded yesterday, you had a war of words, if you will. I I want to off sort of. I off had the, a war of words. No, I the, think he's the, talking I'm about the situation the, was a war no, of words you, between the city you. and like, yeah. the, the, the oh, team gotcha, and the city. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I've had many <laughs> wars of words with Daryl Ryder. <laughs> so is Lima, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> What's more important in your eyes, Daryl? A stadium downtown or a dome stadium? Dome. It's not even close. It's a dome. Um, first of all, there, there's not many of those in the Midwest, number one. Number two, um, the hotels are still going to be full. Uh, there's only so many hotels here, and you're going to be able to attract more uh, large-scale events, possibly a, a men's Final Four. Pot, you can put in a bid for uh, a Super Bowl and the economic impact of those two events alone. I mean, we're going to have the women's Final Four here uh, in a little over uh, a month or so, and the economic impact on Northeast Ohio just for having that event and how popular women's college basketball is is enormous for the region. So, yeah, I, I think having a don't look, with all due respect – Browns fans don't treat game days like Guardians and Cavalier fans, okay? Um, The vast majority, there are some that do the pregame bar hopping and stuff like that. Obviously, we have our great tailgate that we do on West 6, which is uh, highly successful, and we appreciate all the fans that come out for that. But the vast majority of fans, they go to the parking lot, park their car, grill their hot dogs and burgers, drink their beer, go to the game, the game is over. They wobble back to their cars and go home. So it's a little different. Whereas you go to a Guardians game or a Cavs game or an event at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, you're, you know, you're going out to eat. Maybe you're stopping at one of the downtown shops and things like It's just It's a different culture. So for those that are clutching their pearls over the thought that the Browns might leave downtown, which, by the way, they're literally moving. They would be moving across the the city boundary, literally where this land is. Well, like, it's, well, it, 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 and oh, by the way, that felt uh, like it was almost like a troll thing too. Like, it, hey, it, it, like is it right a bad there? time to mention that the city of Cleveland traded that particular plot of land for the IX Center years and years and years ago? I just, you know, again, I don't want to let facts get in the way of pearl clutching. Oh, that was here. ours. <laughs> that yeah, was Cleveland's. They, they, don't you remember the big IX Center trade? Yeah, Cleveland re- traded for the know. IX Center. I don't remember. This is either. why, Daryl, you are the most up to 
up, up, up to date on all this information. With I'm the boozed up the last how many years, Daryl? You think I'm going to remember that? <laughs> well, thank you for making my point for me, Ken. I didn't remember it all. Uh, Daryl, I do have to say, I, I would like it to be downtown. Well, um, you know what? I'd like to win the lottery. But, you know, the, there's only so much money to go around, and um, there's still a chance that they could stay downtown. This doesn't mean that they're, they're going there. They're, they're creating what they're doing is they're creating a plan B. Plan A is to renovate the current stadium for one to one point two billion dollars. Okay, uh, the Browns don't own the building, so they're not going to foot hundred percent of the cost. But they are willing to uh, fund hundreds of millions of dollars of the cost, and that is a message that Roger Goodell conveyed to not only Ohio Governor Mike DeWine but various other uh, political figures that happened to be uh, in town for that December seventeenth game against the Bears. And uh, the, the Haslam's are willing to spend even more money if they build the dome, uh, you know. So, um, it, uh, you know, for how based on conversations that I, I've had over the last year plus about this whole thing, um, I mean, this potentially, if they build a new dome, it could potentially be one of the largest private uh, contributions from an NFL owner for a facility in the National Football League. A lot of these other buildings are you know, 80, 90% publicly funded here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, of course you'd like to stay downtown. There's, there's nowhere to build downtown. Well, part right of it, now. I understand that Daryl and you're, you're right. But part of it's like, man, like I, I, I get that there's two sides and it should be talked about it. It should be debated. We're talking about public funds here in public Absolutely. space, but at the same time, it's like, all right. And I, I quoted Dick Fegler earlier of all people, God rest <laughs> his soul. But cause I don't think people are expecting me to quote Dick Fegler at uh, it's seven in the morning on a right. on a Friday morning, but when he's talking about when he's giving interviews and he's talking about hey Cleveland on paper would be bigger than New York and Paris, it it tells you something like am I actually going to get something downtown built like well it's like well if they can't have the football stadium then maybe they'll have a soccer stadium or something like that and I'm going yeah coulda woulda shoulda how many different things have we planned here over the last hundred years that haven't really come to fruition here and am I just going to get really an extension of the Burke. This is this is the price being paid for that building not being built correctly in the first place. Well, we had to hurry uh, up because I wanted to make sure we got a football team. Right, exactly. And, in, and when that place. building opened in 1999, it was obsolete. And um, you know the Haslam's did a nice job in the with the 2014-15 renovation to try and you know bring it up to date. But but the reality is to do the large-scale events that they would like to bring to the city of Cleveland, they're going to need something with a roof over it. it, it that's just the, the reality. Um, and, you know, we're going to find out this fall, right? Uh, you got a concert September 13th. Browns can't play on Sunday because they had the concert, right? Well, if you had it home, wouldn't be an issue. can have the concert Friday night, and Browns can play on Sunday, and then you can have another concert Monday night. Like, it's just it, you just have better flexibility with your. It's basically Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse mm. on a much larger scale. And look at all the events that they have in that building. It get, gets used almost 300 days out of the year. Uh, and I'm not saying that this dome would be, you know, would that, we you know, would be, but you know, <laughs> would we have enough space for one of those uh, like field trays yeah. that they have in Arizona and in Las Vegas? 176 acres. You can do a lot with. Could we do uh, it with our climate? Or we would have to put yeah. an attached greenhouse on it or something no. like that. No, you, 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 the technology's here to, to do something like that. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, like, and, have you seen some of the 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 field uh, 
mechanisms that they have in Europe for their soccer stadiums. They literally have press a button and the fields fold, literally drop down and fold up and are like stacked under the stadium. It, it's and they have growing lights and like it. It's fascinating that the technology that's out there, but technology costs money. <laughs> so yeah. keep that keep yeah. that aspect in mind, Ken. Daryl, I'm curious if this pending uh, purchase for the Haslam's that we know hasn't officially gone through yet, and like I said, the war of words, if you will, that kind of went on between the two sides yesterday. Yeah. Should that make us weary that this is a sign negotiations maybe aren't going well? No. Uh, uh, look, I, I think it's a sign that the, the Browns are putting together an option if the renovation doesn't go through. Now, my understanding is that the conversations – have not moved far enough down the tracks right now. Um, they've had productive talks, but they're just not far enough in the process here. And they got to get moving. <laughs> the yeah. lease is up at the end of 2028. Uh, basically, here's where we're at. By the end of the year, we should know where the Cleveland Browns are going to play football in 2029. It's either going to be on the lakefront or it's going to be on that plot of land next to the airport. Um, this is a big, big year for the Browns and that decision-making process. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think it's a sign that, you know, the relationship between the team and the city is in dire straits or anything like that. This is just good business practice. Um, you know, you, you when you're deciding where you're going to operate, you know, you, okay, do we stay here? This is what's going to take to stay here. And if we need to move, well, we got to come up with some options if we have to move. That's all the Browns are doing here. There's no guarantee that th this is this could still fall through out by the airport and they never buy the land or they could buy the land and the city comes through with the renovation and then they can just, you know, sell the land or whatever. Like th this this is far from a done deal, but um the thought of them building a dome right next to the airport is is really really appealing concern. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. ...what the city wants to do uh, to that airport, and that's going to cost, its, uh, in and of itself, $3 billion. So I give you a, a renovated football stadium on the lakefront for a little over a billion dollars and three more billion dollars to rebuild an airport. Daryl Ryder, brought to you by Scheibman Jewelers. Daryl, thank you for the time. Thanks, Daryl. back, guys. Oh, that's really him. Okay, let's go to the North Homestead <laughs> Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, and we welcome in the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, now the defending two-time coach of the year. I didn't know this was you. I thought this was my, was my boss messing with me, coach. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? <laughs> We're doing very well. Good, good. <laughs> I really, I thought this was the marble mouth of Crawford County messing with me. Uh, Coach, uh, first off, uh, congratulations to you. Uh, I, I know you weren't able to attend last night. Did you hear the guy call you? I had no idea this guy was an actor. Did you hear him call you Steven Stefanski? I did, and uh, you know who had a great night last night was my cousin, Steve Stefanski. <laughs> We'll he, see how his, the- <laughs> phone was, his phone was blowing up, and in fact, when when the guy said that, my son grabbed my phone and we called my cousin Steve, and he answers the phone and he said, "I did it." <laughs> <laughs> he, he told me he told me hard work pays off. So congratulations to my cousin Steve. Well, I was gonna. Well, I was wondering if Steven was in the running to call plays next year, Coach. <laughs> Um, he is, yeah. He, he's in the run. <laughs> Coach, let me let me ask you this. Uh, you know what? First off, I got to ask the the typical question: What does it mean to you to win the award? Well, you, you know, I, I wasn't there in person, um, but I am obviously, you know, very, very, very grateful. Those awards, as you guys know, I mean, Miles winning the award is uh, is unbelievable. Coach Schwartz, Joe, uh, winning those things, and then for me, I, that thing is is such a a, a really a testament to it a thousand people um you don't win that award without great players uh, and i think about again miles you think about <laughs> you know uh, amari cooper and 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 what joe did and and deshaun going 14 for 14 in the second half of baltimore and, and dustin hopkins coming up, up with huge kicks so it's just i think about the players uh and then you know with my job i'm so blessed to have some amazing people uh, around me, and, and that's the coaches, that's the staff over here, you know, down here in Berea, and uh, Andrew, and just, just, I'm so lucky to have some incredible people around me. So that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Do you take any time for yourself uh, to to pause and reflect for this? And I mean, again, you are right about everybody involved with the organization. True, but do you, you as a coach, I mean. You know, it's it's not easy being an NFL head coach. You know, I work these phones every day, and you know they're they're up and they're down about an NFL head coach in any city out there. Kevin, I mean, do you take a moment just to kind of pause and reflect on the job you've done and, and still what's to come? I mean, I'm not big into reflection, if you can believe it. I literally just stepped out of an offensive meeting to, to jump on the horn with you guys. Um, listen, I'm proud of of these guys from this season. I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish. Um, but man, I, I'm so laser focused and back to work. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm jealous of the two teams that are still playing. That's really what, what I'm focused on. And, and that's why we're already back at it this morning. Mm. Kevin, even though you always talk about the individual awards for you personally, but just for the team in general, and I know like miles talked about it and others throughout the season, I know that's not the main goal for you guys, 
But what does a night last night just mean in terms of where you are, where this team is, being recognized in a national stage like that? Well, I, you know, I, first thing I think about is how cool it is for our fans. Um, you know, I've said it before, and I mean it. We, we have the best fans in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, so they get to experience, you know, the awards last night, and they get to be excited about uh, Miles and Joe and Jim. And, and I just think back to this season, and, and honestly, one of my first things I think about is our fans, and, and not just down there on the lake because it was rocking, but just – really everywhere, going, uh, whether it was around town or our road games. I mean, our fans showed up. The support was unbelievable. Um, and maybe, it, you know, I shouldn't be shocked because that's just that, – that is the Brownies fans in a nutshell. They're, they're just so supportive of, of what we do. And um, so that's – honestly, like, I'm, I'm proud of, of a lot this season, but I'm so happy that our fans got to experience this season and, and all the, you know, all the ups and downs, and they're right there with us. And then – if last night they got to experience a little bit of that, again, you know, I'm happy for them. Well, uh, another quick one here for you, Coach. I mean, Miles Garrett, he's – over the last year, he's really taken ownership and, and, and leadership of the organization and what it means, you know, also being part owner of the Cavs and everything. The roots in the city are starting to run deep. Uh, what did you think when, when Miles won the Defensive Player of the Year finally? Yeah, I think, like you said, finally. I mean, I've seen – I've been here four years. I've seen him play – pretty incredible football uh, and then what we were able to do this season uh, with coach Schwartz and that defensive staff uh, unlocking you know miles and, and there's more room to go uh, and as scary as that might be and it's probably scary for the rest of the league but there, there is room to grow for miles uh, but I got to witness it I, I had the best seat in the house watching some of the things he did this season like go back to that indie game I mean he won the game for us he literally won an NFL football game uh, seemingly by himself with some of the things he did um, in that game. So just to witness that. And then, you know, you mentioned that Miles is a captain of this football team, and I've seen him grow. And, and I hope, you know, uh, you know he, he grew over these four years and, and will continue to, to grow and, and become that leader uh, or establish who he is as that leader. Uh, but I think all of our guys, you know, I push them to be the best versions of themselves, and, and we're all works in progress. Uh, but to see Miles, you know, become that leader of this football team uh, has been pretty special. It, it felt like your emotions changed throughout the season, and it's easier to do it because, I mean, you're winning a ton of football games, but, I mean, it, the the tenor, the, the sound, I mean, you use some more colorful language in the postgame uh, <laughs> meetings and, and, and speeches. Uh, what is what is it like to handle the last season where you know, things could get so emotional, you lose Deshaun for the year in November, and then things start to take off and to bring these guys together and really rely on one another? Yeah, I mean, it's an emotional game. Uh, maybe I got caught a few more times on camera uh, showing that, you know, the, the language, as you put it. You know, after those wins, I'd have my, my sons in the locker room, and right after I was done, I'm like, hey, dude, guys, we do not use that language at home. You understand that? <laughs> and I was like, do not tell your mother. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's an emotional game. Uh, this season, uh, you know, <laughs> our fans, they, you guys went through it. I went through it right there with you. I mean, it was, uh, it, there was some, there were some obviously high moments and then there were some tough moments. There was losing guys, the, the way we lost and, and who we lost. Uh, that was, uh, that was tough. I'm not going to lie and tell you that was easy. That was hard. Um, seeing, you know, how it happened with Nick, uh, you know, there right in front of everybody. I think back to Jack Conklin in the first week, obviously, you know, Deshaun, 
uh, wins the game for us down there in Baltimore, and then the next day I'm being told that he's after the year. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. Uh, I, if it was scripted, somebody's got a hell of an imagination. Um, but I was just so proud of how the guys kept responding. You know, I think about tr- truly losing to Sean there, and then come back the next week and 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 win at home with Dorian Thompson Robinson, and and you know, so proud of Dorian in, in that moment and, and our football team. That that was a great team win. Uh, and, and coming off the heels of losing to Sean, which was a you know tough moment for all of us. But those are the things that I think about uh, some of those things where you just uh, had that attitude that we're just going to bounce back regardless. Is there Coach Kevin Stefanski joining us here, the coach of the year, now two-time coach of the year on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Do, do you feel like there's a positive and a new energy with some of the people you just hired? I mean, I, I, I haven't got to hear you on Andy Dickerson yet. If you have spoke on him, fine, but uh, – uh, are you feeling kind of a new gusto for, for 2024? No disrespect to the guys who have moved on, but for 2024 and the new faces here, how, how can that help? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the NFL. Uh, as, as you know, there is change, and, and sometimes change is hard and, and can be uncomfortable uh, for some people. But, you know, that's the, the nature of this business is trying to get better. Uh, and, and you mentioned have a bunch of new faces, particularly on the offensive side of the ball and excited about bringing Andy in, in here w- w- to add to what we're doing. So, yeah, I mean, th- honestly, that, that's the where we are as an offensive staff. I mean, Coach Dorsey's got these guys meeting and, and we're looking at everything. Uh, and that, that is there is a, a element that is uh, it's challenging. It's also it can be invigorating. It, it can be. You know, you look at everything you're doing and let, let's pull it back apart and see if there's a better way of doing things. Those are the type of meetings we're having right now. And I think Ken's doing a great job, you know, very early on as we put this thing back together. And then Coach Dickerson will be a huge part of that as well. Can you elaborate some more on Andy Dickerson? Because I, I think sure. uh, Bill is obviously a legend both inside the the, the walls of that building and, and across the NFL, but also I think outside. Like He's one of the rare offensive line coaches that even fans across the NFL know of, but I don't know if that's the case for, for Andy quite as much. Just what does he bring to the table? What did you like about his recent stops in, in L.A. And, and with Seattle? Yeah, like like you said, I mean, Coach Callahan has been doing this a very long time. He, he's he's you know he's I don't know if he's the to me he's the best there is in the business. Um, so as we hire Andy, it's not like you say, hey Andy, step into these shoes and, and fill Bill Callahan. This is something that yeah. this is an exciting part for Andy and our entire staff to to put this thing back together. But Andy's a, he's a grinder. He's been in this building before. You know, I. It's not a prerequisite that you've worked for the Browns in terms of getting a job, but it does help. Uh, it doesn't hurt, I should say. You know, this is a unique uh, Northeast Ohio, and the, and the Browns, uh, what it means to this, to this place is unique. So when you have somebody like Ken Dorsey who played here, Jim Schwartz who was here before, Andy who was here before, I, I don't think that hurts when, when you bring guys in like that who understand what this team means uh, to this community. So Andy's uh, been in a bunch of different places uh, out in L.A., out in Seattle, has worked in schemes that are similar, not the same, but similar to what we do. But if you look at his career, he's he's worked his butt off to get to where he is. And and, and I say that he worked at the Jets. He, he, he was under Coach Callahan there at the Jets. So uh, he's got a really nice background. Uh, we were able to bring him in here a few weeks back and we were looking for an offensive coordinator and talk to him and just get to know the person and you know I think our fans will, will, will love what Andy brings he brings a great energy um, really smart uh, person in in this building uh, to be as we put this thing together but he's a, a great on relationships um, so looking forward to getting Andy out here 
Andy, one of a number of the coaching change that you guys obviously made this year, just philosophically, what are you trying to do maybe differently on that side of the ball that sort of sparked this? And why is somebody like Ken Dorsey, who we obviously met earlier in the week on Monday for the first time, what does he bring to the table? Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to just trying to, to get better and, and just get better any which way, you know, percentage better. Um, you you got to look at everything, and that's part of, of this decision was just trying to get better on our offensive side of the ball. And I think Ken, you know, is a partner in, in that for me. We were kind of raised in, in this uh, profession. Similarly, we've kind of come up together. Uh, I've had a relationship over the years and been able to watch what he's done both in Carolina and then in Buffalo. Uh, and I think it's good to have somebody that, that sees things a little bit differently sometimes uh, th- than me and then us uh, so that you can really push each other and, and look at different uh, things that he's done. But uh, his background, I'd, I'd say, is really the, is versatile. Um, and having what he going back to that Carolina days, what they did with Cam, uh, going to Buffalo, what they did with Josh, it, it's, it's very versatile in, in their thought process and what they did from a pass game, from a run game standpoint. So that, that's the fun part, again, to getting on the board and, and seeing how that fits us is really those are all the meetings that we're doing right now. Coach, one moment. Did you just call him Andy by accident? Yeah, I think I, you I called him. I thought you were talking. He no, called no, you no, Andy, no. didn't he? I, I, I didn't call him Andy. I started the question by saying Andy was one of. Oh, okay. So do you changes. have a cousin named Andy, too? <laughs> <laughs> you you knew what I meant. You knew what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll answer to anything. And there's a great line from the Simpsons. I think it was most his He said, uh, he'll, I'll answer to anything, even, Hey, you in the bushes. <laughs> head, coach That's awesome. Ke- head coach, Kevin Stefanski, just a couple more. I'll let you go. I know you got free agency coming up here. Uh, your culture, hey, the culture was un- unbelievable. I, I, I said, I've been around the team for a dozen years, coach. And it was the best culture I've seen in a locker room. How much is that going to matter? What moves do you make? And I know that that can be an Andrew question as well, but how much does culture matter when you guys were so close-knit to make this run this last year and getting ready for 2024 with whoever you bring in, draft, free agency, everything? Yeah, I mean, obviously culture is important. And and to me, and I've said this before, culture is people, very simply. Um, And and people, to your point, you, you change year to year. Uh, so as we bring in people, and, and unfortunately you lose people year to year, uh, your culture does change, and it changes uh, in some ways organically. So that's something that Andrew keeps a, a, a great pulse on in terms of the people that we bring into this building and bring into that locker room. Uh, but it's a year-to-year proposition when, when you're talking about uh, you know winning and losing in the NFL and also building your culture. So that's something that we have to work at every si- single year. You work at it in the offseason, in the spring. You work at it in training camp as you bring people together. And there's there's certain things that, that we do and that we believe in when it comes to building your culture. Uh, but bottom line, is, it's people. Final one, how do you adjust your messaging uh, from year to year and getting ready for next year to keep it fresh? Yeah, that's a great – it's one of the biggest – parts of my job and what I do I'm in front of the team so much (laughs) on a normal week I'm in front of them on Monday and Wednesday and 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 Friday and Saturday before the game and Sunday before the game it's something I talked to you know Tito a lot when he back uh, visited with him in the spring and and Tito it's not like they have team meetings uh, in in Major League Baseball you know every rarely you you kind of have a team meeting in spring training and that's it Uh, so it's something that I'm in front of the team quite a bit and something I think about 
a lot and it's something that you have to keep fresh, like you guys mentioned. So uh, it's, it's something definitely in this off season that I will look at and, and think about because uh, you want to, you don't want to be stale in front of your football team. You constantly want to be giving them messaging uh, that ultimately you're, you're shaping the environment and talking about who we are at the Cleveland Browns. And, and you don't really worry about what everybody else is, is saying about you. You don't worry about what other teams are thinking about their messaging, but what's important to us, what are the tenants of our program that are important. Those are the things that, that we think about uh, in terms of messaging. Well, Coach, thank you very much for the time. Congratulations again. Hope you do have some time to to kind of reflect on it. You've done a hell of a job this year, and we're looking forward to 2024. Congrats, Coach. I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a great weekend. You too. You thank too, you thanks. very much. Head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the year, joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Outstanding from him. I know that you called him Andy. I didn't call him Andy. A lot of people texted me and thought you called him Andy. Roll the tape. The Uh, question was, Andy was one of a number of... You're speaking to the master over there, and I think by the end of the show, you will have called him Andy. No. Keith texted me and goes, did he just call him Andy? I went, he might have done it. Got called Steve. Maybe you called him Andy. (laughs) I don't... Hey, you know, we all get nervous. We all get nervous. That was definitely not what it was. It was the way the question was worded. Uh, Okay. If I misspoke, that's on me. Uh, It's interesting. He's a Simpsons fan. But I definitely didn't mean to call me. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t